This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Swings it in, super cross, headed out only as far as Jack Grealish, who strikes it low and true in front of the Aston Villa supporters, and that should clinch Villa's place in the last 16. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. It's a catch-up session so if this is the first time you've listened to the show i suggest you go to number 86 which was the last proper show but joining me to uh, catch up on the villaverse grand return he hasn't been on for a couple of weeks now just got back from brighton mr max stokes from villa on tour welcome hello i've literally just walked through the door how many times have you walked through the door that's what you said to me uh, about five o'clock earlier on his house uh, has a revolving door dave <laughs> exactly <laughs> he's been going round for three hours <laughs> And also joining us, Mr. Chris Bud. Welcome back. Hello again. Right. So, uh, I mean, we obviously did a show uh, after the uh, the Arsenal. Oh, it's, uh, I still still find it hard to take the Arsenal game. It was like group therapy. We were all so angry. But we haven't come back to uh, exclusively discuss that. There's obviously been action since then uh, as Villa triumphed. And that's bad news to all these people who say, oh, we want to concentrate on the league. Fuck you guys. We are going all the way in the cup. And the latest victims were the Brighton under-23s. I mean, uh, Brighton uh, 3-1. Mr. Stokes, you just got back. What were your fondest memories of Brighton? Um, I think going on the seafront before the game, going in the arcades was my highlight of the day. When you talk about away days, this is the one you look out for in the calendar. You fancy the 2P machines, where else would you rather be? Hang on, I've got more here. Yeah, go on, one more, one more. Yes? Yes? Oh. How was was your 2P experience? We was in there for all of about 10 minutes. I spent, I lost about 30p. I won about three coins out of the machine. 
not good. Stay tuned for next week when we uh, go to another pier around the UK. But I think, no, overall, I think it was a pretty comfortable game. I, I saw the, the Brighton team sheet before the game and I thought, surely we must win this. And then we saw our team, yeah. you see the likes of Louise and McGinn in there. So yeah, I was expecting a win once I seen the team sheets and it was pretty routine. There was a little bit of a scare when they when they scored, as there usually is with Villa. But yeah, it was pretty comfortable. We could have scored about five or six, but there you go. Because they hit, they hit the bar before half time as well, didn't they? Which uh, Yeah, they had that lad up front. The, the short yeah. lad up front, Connolly, something like that. He was quite good. He was their only real standout player. But yeah, I mean, the team sheet, When uh, I, I mean, I only recognised a couple of their players, uh, to be honest, when it popped up. I mean, most of them are from the academy, aren't they? Yeah, we went and saw them. Was it an under-23 game? We saw them in a couple of years back, Dave, and they, had some oh, pro- yeah. they, they did have yeah. some pretty tasty young players, but you just never know yeah. if they're going to make the cut or not. Obviously, to, to put a whole team, a load of them in for a competitive game is quite a difficult way of sort of blooding the youngsters, but... Well, I mean, this is what's kind of interesting about the League Cup uh, now and, and how Villa basically line up for it because a lot of these teams, you know, your Arsenals have traditionally like thrown in academy players. Obviously, Brighton are trying to be Billy Big Bollocks and uh, put their academy players in as well. But Villa, when you look at their, they can, Villa have got, as, as we said, uh, obviously through the summer transfer window. Now we've, uh, well, most positions apart from really striker, we've got... Uh, two players for every position so we can actually put an 11 that you actually uh it's basically uh, the first team squad but it's a it's an 11 that doesn't play obviously it's not the first 11 but it's it's reasonably strong enough to dispatch these academy teams i, I, I would say which well, should be you would argue yeah i think the, the most interesting in terms of war how any of these players can make an influence on the first team would obviously uh matt targets uh is the main hope. I mean, what did you think of him, Max? And, you know, were you keeping tabs on him? I was. Uh, before the game, I was looking at the likes of Target and, and Horahan as the ones that this is a massive game for them personally to try and stake a claim to get into the, the Premier League side. But Target was good. I think, was it the first goal where there was a really good interplay down the left-hand side between him and Trezeguet? And then he just finds a yeah. lovely ball down to Horahan. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely, definitely got much more of an attacking threat than Taylor. That's so clear to see. I think he could have scored yeah. about two two goals himself, to be fair. He gets in really good position. So I wouldn't be too surprised if he did start against Burnley because Burnley, you know, you need, they're going to sit back maybe, are they? They'll, they'll probably take a draw at Villa park so i think yeah target we might see him saturday and i wouldn't be too surprised if we did yeah i mean if you look at his heat map uh i mean not that i have but i'm just imagining it in 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 my head uh, he, he was in the opposition uh penalty box quite a lot i mean if you just look at the highlights for example he's he's popping up almost in all of the villa attacks and he's in the box making a nuisance of himself but i, I wouldn't be surprised yeah if not burnley then at least uh either norwich or uh brighton because it's time really to uh, obviously Smith brought these certain players with intents of them being starters, and I think they've had enough. I mean, obviously Target had an injury, but uh, surely it's time for him as a 11 million plus player to start to be the first team player. Because Taylor is putting a gallant shift, but he doesn't, as we saw against Arsenal, he doesn't really help us uh, when we're getting penned in. He's, he's not as if he can like link with whoever the wide player is and actually get us upfield. No, and you can you can see in the. Um from the, the Brighton game, that you get him in the final third and actually he backs his ability. Even He doesn't necessarily have to get to the byline, but if you get him in and around the penalty area, he will whip a ball in, which with yeah. you know forward players like Davis and Wesley especially, they need service. 
sometimes you, you're not going to be able to play through teams or get around them. Sometimes it's a case of getting the delivery right and putting it in and around the penalty area and saying, you know, sorry, on the penalty spot and competing for it. Yeah, which I don't think we did enough against Arsenal in the latter stages to give them something to think no. about. I mean, they just they just kind of steamrolled through as. And I think you know, with with Horahan and. Um, and target you've got two obviously left-footed players who've both got very good delivery and you could see that in a lot of our chances they would come from wide areas or they'd start certainly start in wide areas you know the, the, the first goal came down there the, the, the second did and well in fact all three goals came from the, the left-hand side from crosses yeah Max uh, Chris was bigging up Trezeguet uh, in the last show what, what, what do you think of him obviously for that from based on his last two appearances much much better I think he was finding a lot of space on that right-hand side against Arsenal. And again, uh, I think he started on the right against Brighton, but most of the game he played on the left-hand side. I think he looks slightly yeah. better on the left-hand side, actually. It allows him to cut inside, had a few shots in the second half. But yeah, he looks so much better. He looks so much more comfortable. And, you know, before Arsenal, I was the, the wingers of where I was worrying. That wasn't where we were looking good at all. But at least yeah. Trezeguet's far in now. El Ghazi's stepped up with that assist from again in the Arsenal game. So hopefully uh, the wingers are getting a little bit more comfortable and we can see what they can do. Yeah, because, I mean, that has obviously been a well across the Villa fan base if you're looking at a weakness in the team uh, especially going forward uh, it, it is the wide areas but I mean if you look on the on the bright side we've still got a couple of cards to play obviously the emergence of target and obviously uh, Trezeguet getting up to speed essentially and getting some games under his uh, belt so there is hope for improvement and good to see uh, good to see Yotti you know get his first goal which will give him a bit of confidence. And Trezeguet looks, you know, a lot more direct. As, as Max has said, you know, he looks, you know, he's getting in positions where he can actually hurt teams now. And he actually looks a little yeah. bit fitter as well, which I think people have sort of passed comments on. He, when he first arrived, he did look a little bit he definitely old. Wasn't, well, he wasn't match fit, but he was. He didn't look fit either. He looked like he hadn't had a proper preseason. Yeah, well, for somebody who, how old is he, Trezeguet? He's 24, is he? 23, he 24? peak fitness. He looks older than me and you, and we're older, you know, we're, we're older than him by miles. You are. <laughs> well, as well. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the uh, our backup centre back pairing? Did you do you feel confident? Obviously, watching them in two cup games now as a pair. I mean, obviously they're not playing the greatest forwards on earth, but uh, so far anyway. Um, yeah, I'm pretty confident with them. I think against Crew in the last round, they weren't yeah. they weren't fantastic to be fair. Especially Courtney Orsi looked a little bit rusty. Hadn't played a lot of football to be fair to him. But against Brighton, fairly composed. Like you said, they didn't have too much to do. But Conster, I think in the first half, he made a really good clearance. They're both very athletic, which is good to see. Yeah. Both comfortable with the, with the ball at their feet. So I'm confident. And for a, for a backup uh, centre back pairing, that's very very good to be fair to them. Yeah, and obviously they're well balanced. I'm a fan of horses. I think he brings something to the team just because of his versatility. You now you can play him as a centre back, you can play him as a left back as well. And I, he's you know as as Max said, you know he's a really good athlete. As his cons are, they're good on the ball. They fit into the way you know Smith wants to play now. Well, it's almost like we well, a joke on this show was. Uh, I mean, I forgot to do it the last uh, show or two. Is uh, who had the best game that week, Engels or Mings? I think if Engels had to play without Mings, then he wouldn't be as good, if you know what I mean. I think the Mings takes the brunt of the attack and allows Engels to play in a cool and collective way. I think uh, he, would, he would have a different experience if Mings wasn't there. So it'd be interesting to see what an Engels and Courtney House partnership is. I think Arsenal had sort of, they'd clearly targeted that he's actually, you know, he's a good player, clearly, but he's there to be got at. And I think if, like, if you double up on him or you, you make him face his own goal and run at him, he's a little bit susceptible. You know, he's not the quickest. Yeah. 
And obviously with the penalty, you know, it was a little bit of a, a rash tackle and it was, you know, a penalty all day long, unfortunately. Well, he, he, I mean, he set that one up himself, didn't he, by the... Yeah, you could see it coming. Pass. It was just a body shape. And there was, you know, it was unfortunately, it was one of those annoying days where they both made pretty big mistakes within the space of, what, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. Uh, going back to the Brighton game, Smith made a decision to play McGinn and Grealish, which uh, surprised a few people, uh, I think. After the game, he explained it. I mean, Chris is going to explain this to me because I don't still don't know what's going on. But he said we had to ensure we got the time in for them due to strange training schedule after playing Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. It was always the plan to bring on Grealish for 30 minutes. I told him to treat it like a training session as we get ready f- for Saturday. What does that mean, Mr. Bud? Well, if they've obviously played Sunday late, they wouldn't have got back to Birmingham till sort of Sunday night. I wouldn't have thought they would have trained on Monday, or if they did, it would have been a very light recovery session. They would have travelled on Tuesday, I would have imagined. So they probably wouldn't have done a session before the Brighton game. I know he said that a few of the squad had stayed in, in Birmingham and trained as well, and other members of the squad trained after the Brighton game at the stadium, did a set, did a, a quick session there. So it was just a case of getting the minutes in the tank for Grealish, knowing that they'd be potentially having the day off on Thursday and then only training on Friday potentially Jack would have gone a whole week without a, a proper workout. But I'm just thinking of what, what about the other players? Why those two specifically? Do you think it's just because he needed them sharper than anybody else? I think he knows they're probably two of, if not the two first names on the team sheet. Like, for example, Wesley, you know, why, if the you know strange training schedule was, you know, as you've just described, why not, you know, Wesley? Potentially, it's just a, like a match sharpness thing as well. He probably knows that they've got, yeah. They've, yeah, they're both physically fit enough to get through. It's more just a case of keeping them sharp. I mean, personally, I'd have actually, I would have included Wesley because I think it would have been a good opportunity after Arsenal to potentially get him on the score sheet and just keep his confidence going, even if it was just giving him, you know, 20 minutes, 15 minutes at the end. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I think uh, the more goals he scores, I just think uh, the bigger he's just going to become, isn't he? I think so. Maybe, maybe Smith was a bit uh, perturbed by McGinn not hitting the target as many times as he should have against Arsenal. Smith said he, in terms of getting through, he said it could have been a sticky one, but he asked for attitude and application, and I got that in abundance. I mean, we've heard that before when we've played lower league teams and, uh, you know, whoever the manager is at the time in the last couple of years, uh, they've said, oh, yeah, you know, we, we're going to win it. We, you know, they always say they're going to win games, but we've we've seen it with our own eyes where they just haven't turned up. But it seemed that Villa are always in control of this. And he said the only disappointment is that it wasn't six or seven and when you looked at that Brighton team sheet, you thought, well, yeah, it could have been more, I suppose. It's just that little bit of cutting edge, isn't it? And killer instinct, as we've said numerous times through the season. But you're going away from home, you get the result. It's one of those games, really, that you look at the two team sheets and you just say, well, just get the job done. They've got it done. They're through to the next round. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is this, Max, is this an example of, you know, people have been calling us powder puff in attack in terms of the forward options. Is this, is this an example of, an evidence that we haven't got that killer instinct up front because perhaps we should have won this six or seven, as Smith said. Yeah, I've been saying all season. I think we've we've got opportunities in pretty much every game that we've played. Maybe maybe apart from Crystal Palace, but we've had chances. It's just we can't seem to put the ball in the net. Like if if we'd taken every chance we got this season, we'd be absolutely flying. I think, yeah, yeah, it is one of them. At the end of the day, we got the result, and that's all that matters. But we do have opportunities that we do have tendencies to sort of squander. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. We need to rectify it because scoring goals isn't as easy as we'd like at the moment. But it's something that we need to work on for sure. So, what kind of draw did you want in the next round? 
We were actually talking about this on the on the way out of Brighton. I I wanted an away game because obviously Oxford got through Sunderland. You know, you, you'd fancy them because it's getting to the point of that competition where you could really make a, a fist of this. Yeah, because it's an in, it's a turning point now, isn't it? It's if you get knocked out the next round, people go, well, you know, whatever, you know, a couple of games for some of the squad players, that's it. But if you win the next game, then it's like you start looking at Wembley, don't you? Yeah, exactly, and that's that's what I'm thinking about at the moment. But I'm not too disappointed with the draw that we got because that'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, were you happy yes. with the draw, Bud? Absolutely. And how do you think Wolves will approach this? Because Villa, as we've seen, we've got a, like a squad where we can play, and I think we will play the majority of the, the players that obviously played against Brighton. But we've got a squad that's a de- you know decent enough level to do the business if the other team isn't isn't going as strong. But do you think Wolves, because of the local pride and all that kind of stuff, will uh, go a bit stronger than they would normally? Or do you think Nuno is, you know, cold-blooded enough just to not really bother? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Because they struggled to get through, didn't they? Against yeah. Reading. They've got a small squad, haven't they, Wolves? Yeah. And they're, they're playing the Europa League pretty much every other Thursday, whatever it is. So it's a tough one. I don't know what to expect from them in this cup. But for a club like Wolves, I know they're in the relegation zone at the moment, but you'd expect them to yeah. be mid-table, pretty safe, not going up, not going down, anything like that. So if I was Nuno and if I was a Wolves fan, God forbid, I'd want to fully go for a cup. So I know they've got a small squad, like I said, but I'd expect them to go fairly strong against us. And I don't know what we'd do, but if I was Wolves, I'd go strong. Yeah, that's an interesting point about the Europa League because I, I mean, I haven't checked the schedule to see yeah, I know they, when they actually yeah, have to play. They play the 24th of October. I think our, it's the week beginning the 28th, isn't it? if I am writing so. Yeah. Um, so they go to Bratislava, then they've got a long trip to Newcastle, then we've got them in the Cup Ooh, that wow. week. So they're actually covering quite a bit of road miles. Right. Um, That's good news. So it will be interesting in terms of, I think they'll kind of balance it probably similar to Villa, and it will depend. The, the thing with the Wolves is that the, I think if I'm right in saying it's the third, it's match day three of the Europa League, so they're only halfway through their campaign. So, of course, having lost, yeah. it will depend probably what happens in match day two. You know, if they were to lose again, they go to Besiktas, which is a tough a tough trip. Yeah, yeah. Considering they go to Manchester City the Sunday after as well. If they've lost that, you would potentially think that their group, they might 
think that their Euro- European adventures might be over quite early. It could well be that they have to go to Bratislava and get a result. So it's kind of like, will will they yeah. see the, the League Cup as a chance to you know, potentially be their only route into Europe next season. I think they, they certainly won't make as many changes as we maybe expect. I think they'll, they'll still have a little bit of sort of professional pride, especially if you've got a big Wolves contingent coming to Villa Park. I'd, I'd expect Smith, Smith will go for the winner. I'd expect yeah. I'd expect the likes of McGinn and Grealish to play. I think Steer will probably get a game, but other than that, I think he'll play. A, he'll have a very strong match day squad. I think he'll go with the, the same centre-backs as he did against Brighton, for example. I don't know. I have a feeling he might fancy his chances. You know, the reality is, it, would this be the easiest opportunity of Villa to get a trophy? Well, we aren't going to we aren't well, win is, the league, yeah, and we're probably stop. not going to win the FA Cup. So, as you, as you said, you know, you think if you get through this, you know, this round, you know, you're looking at like Crawley Town play Colchester, Oxford play Sunderland in the next round. So potentially, you've got an opportunity there. You know, you're going to have two lower division sides getting through. You know, Liverpool play Arsenal, Chelsea play United. So you're going to have two of the big guns going out there. It's potentially a big opportunity. Yeah. You know, are you necessarily going to win it? Who knows? But you. You could, depending on the look of the draw, you could be thinking we could get to this, you know, quarter semi-finals here. If you base it on last season, Wolves, if they, you know, they they have a team that, considering how they did against some of the top six teams, they could win a cup as well if they uh, if they decided to take it seriously. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Before uh, we we just go on to uh, wrap up the show, just if, I forgot to, in recent weeks to give shout outs to the Facebook supporters who obviously back the podcast as well. So and thank you for Graham Keane for reminding me about this fact so uh, shout out to graham andrew stark adam bailey darren hubball stephen daly rob leak andrew stark john doyle and stephen barnett and uh, i'll be catching up on a few more of those shout outs in the next episode max how disappointed were you uh with this arsenal game what was the feeling i mean it, it reminded me a bit well it's probably worse actually that we played them in the fa cup and we were 2-0 up at half time and uh, I think Darren Bent scored twice. Yep. And that was a great opportunity. And then obviously they, they well, they steamrolled us 3-2 in the end. And you just feel if only, but this case, it was like well, when they're down to 10 men and you lose and you're, you're ahead twice in the game. Yeah, not happy at all coming out of that ground. And that was before I'd seen the handball incident, which I don't really want to talk about because I'll just get a yeah. bit angry. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't great at all. I think, you know, we just need to learn how to close games out. And it's the silly, silly mistakes that are costing us because we don't score a lot of goals. We've scored two at the Emirates and you'd like to think that'll do as well with the defence that we've got, which has been good up to about the 80th minute in this game. So it was really disappointing. I wasn't happy at all. Yeah, it wasn't good. Because in the first half, you just got the feeling, you're like, oh, hello. Because, I mean, in most games, well, all games this season, we've been competitive. I mean, we were a bit suicidal against Bournemouth, but we we kind of clawed ourselves into that game to, I mean, obviously Bournemouth uh, dropped back a bit. But apart from that, every other game we've really been in it. And that's that's the thing that kicks you. Because if you're getting blown away and you're just thinking, oh, we're not that good. We're not good enough for this level. Then that's another thing. But when you're picking up the same points as a team that isn't that good for, you know, isn't good enough for this level, that's the frustrating thing because we're actually, we should have, you know, maybe double the points that we have on the board already. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've said it before, you know, I look at the, the full league table and I look at everything from sort of one to six and go, well, we're nowhere near that. Probably seven, eight, and a couple of other teams in around the sort of like the Leicesters of this world. Well, we would have been if we beat West Ham and if we beat Arsenal, would have been seven. It's crazy, but then I look at pretty much the yeah. bottom twelve, thirteen teams, and I think there's not much between them at the moment. From what I've seen, and I've managed to sort of watch quite a lot of the league so far, and even Arsenal, you know, traditionally a very good side, you know, did they play well to to beat us? Well, I th- they I th- were poor. I think they showed a little bit of character, but in terms of did we just gift it them on a plate? 
Yeah, because they were there for the taking. Absolutely there yeah, for the I mean, taking. As, as, Smith, as Smith said uh, after the game, he said, I said to JT, uh, John Terry, at the end of the first half, I feel we can go on and win this 3-0. I felt there was a lot of belief there. But Absolutely, there was. That belief seemed to disappear. It was almost like when, when they equalised and we got the goal back, we thought, right, shit. And we almost like kind of panicked and thought, right, we're ahead now. Now we need to shut up shop. Was in fact, the way Arsenal yeah. were playing, which was so open, if we'd have just stuck to our yeah. game plan, we would have had, we would have got chances and picked them off potentially either on the break or yeah. even for the first sort of ten minutes of the second half, we were actually controlling the, the game better. You know, we had a little bit more of the ball. We were controlling the tempo, which, which is exactly what Smith has been talking about for numerous weeks. About we haven't tended to dominate games. You know, we had, I think it was the best part of seventy percent of the ball at Brighton, which is you know much more like the way Smith wants to play. You know, clearly you you can't yeah, judge that on playing against kids, but we actually got into opportunities to really hurt Arsenal. And, and I know, I mean, I tweeted it that a, a good a half decent team would have gone there and put four or five past Arsenal yeah uh, Max it, did, did you feel it was inevitable that we weren't going to get anything from that game or um, uh, it's one of them or, or, or was it more of a surprise that we actually didn't get anything in the end no it's getting to that point in the game where you're 2-1 up 10 minutes to go and they're all over you every time they get the ball you can hear the roar from the crowd and they're just driving driving at you and you, you just think it's a matter of time. It was the same at Tottenham when we were hanging on at 1-1. It was just a matter of time. And it, it comes back to taking your chances because we could have scored 5-6-7 in that game. Yeah. And that would have put them to bed. If we took a two-goal advantage over them, that would have been that, in my opinion. And yeah. that, you know, yeah. when, when they scored the penalty, uh, we came straight back out. Because before they scored the penalty, they were coming at us and it was a matter of time before they equalised. And they did. And that yeah. sort of woke us up. And then we scored the second so if you come out and go at Arsenal, you'll score like Wesley did. But Well, that's the thing. I mean, McGinn had, had that chance that he dragged wide just before we scored as well. So we actually had two really good chances. But this was like within two minutes and obviously we scored one of them. So that suggested that we could take the game to them but as soon as we got that second we just dropped off yeah, you don't and, you don't uh, mind getting turned over by vintage arsenal when they're playing you know free-flowing football and they're cutting you to pieces but all three goals are so avoidable you know and yeah. regardless of refereeing decisions i mean we said it on the, the podcast it's like did we get any sort of luck in the decisions no but with the way we played did we really deserve any breaks i don't think we did personally no, and at the end of the day, opportunity knocks. So if you're one nil up, have a one man advantage, and you're playing any any team, you should be the favourites to win that game. We're getting now to a point where, as you look down the fixture list, and suddenly November, and you've got like the likes of Liverpool and Manchester City. Then you look at December, and then there's seven games in one month, and you're thinking, well, we've missed out on some opportunities to get points already. And the next trio of games I think is pretty key I mean what are you looking for in terms of points haul uh, Max from Burnley Norwich and Brighton uh, you'd have to say six or seven I think that Norwich away game is going to be tough going away to, yeah. if it was at home to Norwich I'd be pretty confident but away at Norwich the way they play football scares me a little bit but Burnley again they're <laughs> outside but that Brighton at home game why are you scared of Norwich because they beat Man City that's why yeah, and enough. I think they they would they would look at Villa at home as a game that they would feel we should be winning this oh yeah exactly yeah I think Burnley are looking at us thinking well there's a point at least yeah they'll come for the point and I said on the previous pod they'll, they'll view it as Villa probably need to win this a little bit more than we do they can kind of bide their time if they get an opportunity they've got more than enough players who can take opportunities yeah that's the problem because some fans will look at you know they make excuses for not beating Arsenal and West Ham even though we had 10 men and go oh you know but you know they're both teams that are challenging for Europe uh, 
but you know we had the opportunities. But now we're looking at these teams like Burnley, Norwich, and Brighton. It's these fan, same fans are thinking, oh, they, you know, here's where we get three points. But the thing is, that's exactly what Burnley, Norwich, and Brighton fans are, are saying. They're looking at Villa and going, oh, this is this is where we get our points from. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, I would be happy uh, if we can get seven. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I think but, that's a good, uh, a good haul. You've got to look at yeah. You've got to look after your home form, as Max says. I think you need you need six there. So uh, if we're not beating Burnley, then we're going to have to get something at Norwich. We're, we're you know we're, we're putting ourselves under pressure to to win the games. Quote: We have to be. You know these these so called six pointer games against the teams who are probably around us. Whereas you know yeah. we could have beaten West Ham and not worried about losing to Arsenal. We could have beaten West Ham and even got a draw at Arsenal, which I still think against ten men wouldn't have been a bad result. It's just that accumulation of yeah. points. You know we're not talking about Villa should have won every game, but you know you've dropped maybe. You could have gained a point at Spurs. You know, you should have probably drawn against Bournemouth. You should have got a draw at Palace. You know, that's potentially three important points. Yep. Anyway, are you looking forward to your trip to Norwich? You won't find me at Norwich. Nope. Call me a oh. fair weather fan, but I'm not going there. I've been Some there. track, that is. Horrible. Last time I went, I got there 20 minutes late into the game and already missed two goals. <laughs> Although that was that was the cup game at quarterfinal, uh, and we did win. We did win four one. Benteke bossed them, but and it was a crazy. That was a great night in the away end. It was uh, carnage. Uh, anyway, let's uh, get out of here. But first of all, uh, just make sure that you subscribe to the show on Spotify, iTunes. Make sure you uh, first of all check out the Brighton video on Villa on Tour YouTube, and then obviously turn those notifications on for the Norwich one, which uh, will be incoming. And obviously subscribe there as well uh, also uh, sign up as a patron or a facebook supporter of uh, my old man said to, to help us uh, keep the stamina up to get through this season and until next time it's uh, goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye my old man said Who, who's shuffling me sorry all good Going through your fan mail, are you? Yeah, my P.O. box. (laughs) (laughs) Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.